Okay, my lovely friends, welcome to Wake Up Legendary. This is Dave Sharp, and you guessed it, we have yet again uh, another amazing guest this morning. As you can see in the title, and if you can't see it because you're listening in, we have a former doctor turned entrepreneur to inspire women. And you know what? <laughs> I think the fellas better listen up too, uh, that they're worthy. Gwen, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so good and so excited to be here. It's good. Can I call you Gwen? Absolutely. So much easier. Cool. Um, Gwen, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your story. You know, you've, you've, I know that you've done quite a few things in your uh, professional career. And then you've done quite a few things in your entrepreneurial career. Some call it side hustles and home businesses, but I'm going to go ahead and call it your entrepreneurial career. Is that okay with you? I love that. Cool. So what led you to Legendary? Tell us a little bit of your backstory and take as much time as you need because it's quite, uh, it's quite you know, complex and there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. Um, what led me to Legendary? It's like an eight-year journey. <laughs> Um, I was working as a doctor of audiology and I had a boss who took my salary away from me. He reduced my salary by a pretty significant amount. And, um, I felt like I had the rug ripped out from underneath me. And I, that was the time that I started to look at entrepreneurship. I started to see women in the online space, making money, kind of working their own hours and, um, then I started a, a network marketing business. So that kind of got me into personal development and really mm. figuring out who I was and, and what I wanted to do. So that was 2015. So that was quite a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had a similar um, story, except I wasn't a doctor. I was, I was a construction worker who had just recently gotten clean. Um, but I saw similar... I saw a similar opportunity in sort of walking away from, you know, ceilings and boxes and into this crazy wild world of entrepreneurship. Now, I read that your husband is also a carpenter, so we're cut from the same cloth in some respects. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I love that. And you want to bring him home. Is that right? Can you say a little bit more about family life? Yeah. So <laughs> coincidentally, the, the, year that my boss had taken away some of my salary from me, um, my husband had decided to leave the union carpentry business and become a firefighter. And if you know anything about the union, at least in carpentry, they pay really well. So he took about a 50% pay cut to go live his dream. Mm. And we had looked at our finances and said, you know what, like I'm working, it's fine. Why don't you go become a firefighter? It's no big deal. Mm. And then my boss took my salary away from me and I was headed back to work and we were like, oh, you know, oh crap. Like now what do we do? Um, and firefighters don't make a lot of money, but he loves his job. And I love that for him. Right. But we have two girls and um, he has been working a side job after he started his own carpentry business. And so he's just constantly working. So what I would love for him is just to be able to do firefighting and not have to go bust his butt doing carpentry, sweating, you know, just the whole, you know, you know, the whole thing. Um, so I'd love for him to just be able to be a firefighter. And that's one of my goals. Well, uh, I feel confident that you're well on your way to doing that. You had said in your questionnaire that we asked you to fill out when we invited you onto the show that you have um, invested tons of money. I, I don't know the exact number in coaches and all this different kind of stuff. And you invested in our blueprints and have already made your investment back and more. Can you talk a little bit about the momentum that you feel you have right now and where you think that's coming from? Why you think that's happening now for you? Yeah, um, I think it's honesty. I think it's authenticity and honesty. I have I posted this reel that was just like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I, I'm I'm looking at. This is what I'm doing. And, and this is why. And I just shared who I was in my story. And I feel like uh, I think that reel was maybe posted like at the very beginning of my journey in May. And every single day I have people coming to that reel and, and saying, hey, like I want to learn more. Mm. And I think it's because I just shared my heart and people really felt like they could connect with me. Um, and I consistently get message, messages from people saying, you know, I just really can connect with you and I feel like you're so authentic. So that I think is what is really allowing me to have this momentum and 
put my head down. I did the work and I'm just, I'm just going. There was no other option for me here than for this to work. Yeah. And you had tried social media and marketing from previous gigs, net, uh, businesses, whether they were your entrepreneurial ventures or your, 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 um, your, your doctor profession. I'm not sure. Can you clarify that and, and talk to us, elaborate a little bit more on the difference between now and then those yeah. efforts that you were making then that were moving slow as a snail. And now it seems like you've got all this momentum. What else is different? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first started in entrepreneurship, I was also showing up um, mostly on Facebook with lives and just with a baby on my hip and just kind of, you know, showing up as myself. And I think I did have some early on success by doing that in network marketing, because again, people just were like, oh, she's a mom just like me. And if she can do it, I can do it. Um, but social media has changed a lot, I think, since that time. Mm. And, and at that time, there was a lot of talk about, you know, just, just show up and be yourself and, and, you know, share your content. But the thing that I think is different from where I am now on social media when I started in May versus the social media that had been growing since 2015, which as slow as a snail, is understanding that this platform gets to be just content about what I'm doing. So getting the algorithm to kind of pick up on what you're doing and put your content in front of other people. Mm. We were kind of taught before that, you know, you share a little bit of your life and you share a little bit about what you're doing, but don't talk about having anything for sale. <laughs> and I think that was actually a detriment. You know, sure. it has obviously proven, show up, talk about what you have. Yeah. This is going to get yourself in front of people, if that makes sense. Stay on topic, right? Because yeah. you're, you are, we are training an algorithm and you can, you'll see this as a consumer. We see this as a consumer. If we're um, all of a sudden, for example, we search something about Mediterranean diets, then all of a sudden our feed gets full of Mediterranean diet stuff or things that are very similar, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and so that's how quick the, the these algorithms pick up on. And in some cases, it's kind of creepy. You might even be talking about something and your phone's sitting there and it's like, how in the heck is, am I getting, you know, I had a, a shoulder issue and I was talking about it. And all of a sudden I had, I had, you know, I had shoulder ads popping up on my on my phone um we'll leave that up for the imagination right I mean, <laughs> you know, uh uh but it's very it's it's very trainable from a consumer side but also from a marketing side and one of the reasons why i personally shied away from sharing all of my personal life on social media which i used to do quite a bit I used to share and feel compelled to keep everybody updated on my personal life. Mm -hmm. Of course, those long posts on Facebook that you spend hours typing as yeah. if it's like a thesis or something. <laughs> and then finally press post and it's like no likes or no likes in the first 15 minutes. You're like, oh, my God, I just wasted my my whole afternoon. <laughs> I just I just kind of realized that those were more. Those were me trying to impress people and keep people up to date with my life that I, I maybe we weren't even friends. Maybe the majority of the things they, I was just feeding them gossip in some ways. Whereas, and they were also draining energy, right? Mm. Because when you, because when social media up until this point for a lot of us has just been this place where we keep up to date with what our friends and family are doing. Yeah. Right. So there's kind of this, this um there's this there's this feeling to try to impress and do a lot of image management in, mm. in that way right mm -hmm. and and then when we get um responses that feel um critical or shaming it's such a hit and then we're so afraid yeah all of us are so afraid to now start doing this because we, we, we think it's the same thing. We think that we're now needing to go back to friends and family and present and do that image management type stuff. Can you talk about uh, the difference between how you're approaching this and how you approach network marketing? Say more about it because the network marketing, as you said, 
friends and family make the list, whether it's you're going to call them or whether you're going to hit them up on Facebook. But you're right. Don't let them know you're selling anything. It's kind of the mm -hmm. banana in the tailpipe, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, the sneak attack. Um, whereas here we're building a cold audience in warming them up and turning strangers who are clicking into, you know, raving fans who are, who are buying to, to, to say, talk about that experience a little bit more in your eyes and what came up for you as I was describing some of my experience. Yeah. I mean, I can, I have, I probably could go back in my notes section on my phone and I have like posts upon posts upon posts that are just forever long. And, you know, I, I spent so much time typing them up. Um, and it's true. I think there's, there's, there's people who are, who are on social media who are, um, just there to catch up on the gossip. And that's how it becomes such a scroll hole, right? It's like, scroll, you're just seeing what's going on. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I didn't, you, you did something there, Gwen. That's funny as hell. I'm telling you, that's where you go. You go deep in the hole and you're like, how did I get here? Um, so the difference in social media there with network marketing, I think the biggest difference for me is this with network marketing, you rely so much on the success of other people. Mm -hmm. And I was so tired on relying on other people for my success. Mm. And I knew that I could count on myself. So I said, how can I do a business that only counts on me? And that's what led me to legendary. So with, with that being said, it's like when we're on social media, and our, our, our thought process is, well, I want to make this really attractive to people because I, I, I want to build a team and I want people to see how easy this can be. And I want people to see that they can do it too. They just have to share a family photo and make a little post. And, and I think that's the mindset when I, for me, when I was in network marketing and that's how you show up on social because you want people to be enticed and be like, oh, she's just sharing pictures of her, her family. I can do that. And every once in a while, she talks about, you know, some sort of success she's had with a product that she's talking about. Yeah. Um, but this is different. This is only relying on you. And, and when it comes down to it, that's the only person that you can really count on in, in your life is a hundred percent. You can count on you. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just is easier if you're just showing up authentically and being yourself while talking about something that you're doing that you're loving it doesn't feel like you're trying to get that team because you're not, you know, you don't have to. Does that make sense? Total, total. And I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, you're taking me back to my network marketing frustration days. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually prospected at a construction job. It was a person's house. We were working down the street from another guy who we had done a job. And then he got involved in a company and he was stopping. He worked at a, an electric, you know, he worked for the city or something, some electric company um, uh, that provide electric to all of our homes in the city. And he would stop by our job site every day on his, on his lunch break. <laughs> trying like, to prospect me. Hey. You know what I mean? Like I'm broke. I'm fresh out of being homeless. Right. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. I'm going to spend all the money that I have from this job on that thing. Um, and then what do I do now? I'm, <coughs> I've got no marketing knowledge. I've got no knowledge of social media. I've got no knowledge of how to use back then MySpace, Facebook, whatever. That's all the same. I mean, you know, people were succeeding on social media even back then but I had no idea what to do. I'm driving around in an old 1994 F-150 with more rust than paint. I got no influence. You know, I got no, I got no persuasion skills. I, I, I suck at sales. Um, I, I can't even sell myself. Right. My mindset's in the, in the gutter mm. and um, I'm fumbling and bumbling around town, you know, and they're telling me just make another list. Let's do a home party. And I'm like, I don't want people at my home. <laughs> you know, I don't want them to see how I'm living right now. Um, and I, I got so frustrated that I just, you know, got on my dad's old crappy computer and, and just started, you know, poking around on the internet, probably for other stuff at first, who knows, a 23 year old, 24 year old kid. Um, and, and I'm like, yeah, let me, let me try to see what's going on out here with other people. What are they doing? Network marketing, generate leads online. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to learn about what you're talking about, which is depending 
<coughs> not on other people to do something for me, build a downline, et cetera, et cetera, but instead how to leverage the tools of technology, <coughs> how to leverage a video for Christmas sakes. I mean, mm -hmm. I learned the power of tools, which a video is a tool. A video is something that performs perfectly every single time. It never gets tired. It plays over and over 24 seven. And if I had an email list of even a hundred people, I could send one right at one time, send it to a hundred people and they could watch that video at their own convenience to hear whatever value I was delivering. And that automation, I didn't realize it at first, but that mm -hmm. automation, that technology, that leverage nowadays we have you can post a video on social media and actually go viral and get 10,000 views on it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us complain. Let me go. Let me, let me, let me dial this back. We can post a video on social media and get 200 views on it. Now, a lot of us complain about that, but imagine if you had 200 people that you were sitting there talking to and how much opportunity that is. So talk to us a little bit about what it was like for you to start posting videos and get on camera for the first times and how was you what were the things that you had to overcome and what were the things that excited you about that well you just brought me back to like some of my in-person events where i had zero people show up and i would just turn my camera on and record myself as if people were in the room so that somehow i didn't waste my time for that day of you know setting all that up and just brought me way back to that mm -hmm. um but you're right. Yeah. So, so showing up on video for the first time, I mean, going way back, uh, as a child, I was the most introverted kid, shyest kid. Um, I actually had my sister talk for me my sister's three years younger than I am. Mm. So she would order my food in the restaurant. She would ask where the bathroom was for me. She did all the talking for me because I was just so afraid to use my voice. Mm. So when I started to look at entrepreneurship. I, I love network marketing for this. And it's that the personal development for me came from looking at network marketing. And I started to read the books and I started to, to really kind of figure out like how I figure out who I am. And the first time I was on video, I don't even know what that video is. I have no idea what the first video was, but I'm sure it was crap. And <laughs> I don't know how many people watched it, but who knows, you know, but the thing is that it was uncomfortable and I probably was sweaty and I probably, it took me probably three days to recover and then do another one. Um, but over time, that time between your videos gets shorter. And now I'm like, Hey guys, what's up? You know, I'm on the video all the time because it's just like normal. And I've allowed myself to have fun with it. And I think that if you can understand that you can learn anything, you can let yourself fail and make mistakes and then let yourself learn from them, it gets so much easier to show up every time. And so, yeah, it was ugly and uncomfortable in the beginning. Um, but now I find that I get to connect with people on video who live all over the world. Like how amazing is that opportunity that we get to talk to people in different time zones? Yeah. Um, so I think it's taken some time. And I, I, I actually did hire a video coach uh, two years ago who has now, by the way, just come into legendary. So I'm super excited about, about that for him, but um, welcome. Yeah. He, he helped me a lot, really get confident behind the camera. It just was practice and doing it over and over again. Yeah. There's no secrets. That's what I realized. I, I, one of the most powerful things and uh, can't remember who said this, this was a quote from a famous entrepreneur, but it was that I found out that nobody knew what they were doing basically. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody has some secret, you know, um, uh, uh, it's just practice. I was listening to Robin Sharma, that's his name, talk, and he was talking about suffering and how all great, great uh, um, success stories and, and just the, the most well-known, famous, uh, high-achieving humans have embraced suffering. Mm have embraced the pain of life because that's where you, you, you learn your greatest lessons. That's where you, he told a story about Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali hated training, hmm. but he also wanted to be heavyweight champion of the world. 
Well, let me say that again for everybody who was washing dishes or, you know, walking the dog. Muhammad Ali hated the training. He said it with his own words, hated going into the gym and having the hard workouts. And you can imagine um, if you've ever hit a punching bag and even worked out, it's not easy. I mean, you, that's long. That's dedication. And we're talking about dieting. We're talking about um, sacrificing, probably drinking, smoking, partying, all that kind of stuff. Um, he wanted to be heavyweight champion of the world more. Mm. And embracing that suffering, um, you know, so many of us are religious or spiritual and we, 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 we look up to or even pray to some of these people, um, some of these, these, these people like Jesus. Well, just think about it, my friends. Jesus suffered, suffered. All great leaders, all great people have suffered for their greatness they weren't handed it. And so talk to us a little bit about maybe not your physical suffering, but more your mental and or emotional suffering and what that's been like, the, some of the lessons that you've learned even just so far in, in this affiliate marketing journey. Was it the technical setup stuff? Was it you know technical suffering? Was it more mindset suffering? What, 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 breakthroughs have you had from near breakdowns? Oh, there have been so many near breakdowns, most of them financial, um, especially in the past couple of years. It's, I think some of the most frustrating things, I mean, I, before even entrepreneurship, I stayed in a marriage that I didn't even want to be in because I was afraid of the backlash of what people would say to me when I decided to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and that took a couple of, of years of courage to actually stand up and, and, and I, and I still got backlash from people, but you know, it's, it's those things. And gosh, now I'm in this relationship that is my soulmate and it's amazing. And it's something I would have never found or had unless I stood up and, and spoke up for myself and not being happy. And that's obviously not an example in entrepreneurship, but same kind of situation, you know, here in my life. And, when I came into legendary, I said, this is, you know, I'm, this is it. I, I'm smart. I know I'm smart. I can apply myself. I know I can apply myself and I'm just going to come in. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to make this work. Um, and there, there were like little hesitations, like about affiliate marketing and, and how people might look at it. But then I had to think like, okay, these people don't pay my bills. Um, one of the things that we had to do, and, and I haven't shared this really with anyone but my closest people is my two girls were in gymnastics. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and um, we had to pull them out because we couldn't continue to pay for their practices and they're good and they love it. It's like the thing that they look forward to every single day and we had to pull them out and my heart broke in a million pieces um, as a mom, you know, like that sucks. That sucks so bad. And so I looked at that and I said, I'm just done. I, I'm done in this situation and I don't care what it takes and I don't care what people say, but I'm going to put my head down. And I'm going to do the work. That's a really hard thing to kind of face. Um, but that was only in May and, and I have a feeling that this is only going to keep going. Mm. Uh, so I feel like we're really on the path to being able to put them back in there. And um, our financial situation has changed drastically in the past 30 days. Wow. God, that's vulnerable. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. that that's that's gonna that's gonna hit somebody. It hit me. My child's in. Uh, my daughter's in acro dance, and there are. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with um, children who uh, are are you know not able to participate or, mm. or almost not able to participate, and without going too much in because I never know who's watching what I can say is, is that the beauty of, of, of the opportunity that we have is that we can not only change our lives and our children's lives, but by doing what we're doing, we actually have the opportunity to bless other people and to help other people. And so for those of you, uh, all of us, I think, um, uh, start in this situation. I don't think anybody comes into this filthy rich, 
Um, we all come here and, and want to start a business because we, we, we want to change. I just would like you to think about the people that you want to help and how that might feel, whether it be family members or whether it be other, of course, your kids. We all want to help mm -hmm. our kids. But um, there's so many opportunities once you start making more money than you need to help other people, to help other kids, to help other people inside of the community. And it's not a lot. I mean, d donating money and giving money is the easiest thing to do because is all you're doing is you're just giving something. It doesn't even take work. But the feeling that you get is so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs who are lacking that fulfillment. And we're trying in some cases to get that fulfillment from our business. Mm. But the business is just the vehicle. The business is the vehicle. And I even can't control how people, what people do with my content, my curriculum, my work. But what I can do is continue to show up every day and do my damnedest to create a great product and do amazing marketing. And then from those funds, right, that I make, then I can go do whatever the hell I want with that money, right? Mm -hmm. I can go and make whatever impact I want in my community and I can actually see that. Some of you have seen the video of my dad. Some of you have seen the video that me here heard me talk about other things that I've done for my family, but there's a whole, obviously, range of different ways that we can make an impact in our community. And that is where I found a lot of my fulfillment. And I'm excited about that for you and your husband and your family. Because mm -hmm. one of the cool things is uh, one of the coolest things that I've done is, is, is um, been of service with my children to other people, mm -hmm. right? You get into the holidays and there's opportunities to go find uh, organizations where you can maybe give somebody, give some some less fortunate people or kids a Christmas that they weren't going to have. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, uh, one of the other things that we like to do is make little homeless bags with a $20 bill or a $100 bill and, and some socks and some underwear. And whenever we see a homeless person and we're driving down the road, well, we've got we've got bags on deck, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and you know where that started? That started from me driving down the road and and my my daughter saying, "What's this guy doing?" And I said, "Well, he's homeless." I had explain it, and then she said, "Well, give me some money." <laughs> I gave her five dollars, ten dollars, and she rolled down her window. Six year old kid, hey, you know somebody who even grown women didn't even you know grown men didn't even want walking over to their car, and she said, "Hey." come here and, you know, handed them the money. And, yeah. and, you know, that started that idea of, of how else can we have things more prepared when we see somebody. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. What else is coming up for you right now? You know, I was just thinking about how this, how legendary has been the missing piece that I have been looking for, honestly, for the past eight years. Um, you mentioned before, you know, I said, I've, I've hired a lot of coaches. I've, I've invested in myself. And I think that's one thing that has allowed me to kind of take these tools. I call them like my little, my little fanny pack. These are all tools in the past eight years that I've taken with me and I can put in my fanny pack and have, have helped me and gain wisdom. But this understanding marketing and understanding where the world is going with marketing mm. is the missing piece. And gosh, how I wish I had that eight years ago, you know, but it doesn't matter. I have it now. And I right. think it's, it's so much more powerful than I think people really imagine. Like it, having this skill set and understanding copywriting and, and all the information that you provide in a $7 course, first of all, is, is amazing. I came into the course day one and I already knew, I knew, I knew this was exactly what I was looking for. It was no brainer for me. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night. It's weird because I, um, I was, I was, I'm speaking of the being of service. I, I was, uh, talking to an organization and am, am getting involved in, in another organization here in my community, uh, that serves, um, uh, part of the population that is in crisis and struggling with mental illness and addiction. Mm. And I was thinking about, 
my advantage, the ability that I have to be able to now be somebody who people are asking to be involved in things. And I, 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 um, it's, it's a blessing, right? Mm. Uh, but the thing that I, my advantage, why I am in this position is exactly what you just said. Very simply, because I understand marketing and know how to leverage social media, build huge audiences, um, or even small audiences. And then monetize them through the, the all the stuff that we teach here in legendary mm -hmm. and anybody could have that but at, most people are too prideful they're too pessimistic um they're too full of fear and, and anxiety and too worried about what other people think um but you're right these are the skills that you know, wealth, generational wealth is something that's passed on both through money. Sure. That's, that's certainly helpful, but it's passed on through knowledge. Mm. It's, it's what we, it's what we teach our children for, for them to be able to create or sustain the wealth, right? Because there's one thing to make money. There's another thing to keep that money and grow that money, right? 9.9 .9 out of 10 people you give a huge lump sum of money to it's gone. Even NFL players, there was a documentary called Broke where, I mean, you know, some huge percentage of athletes getting out of the league were broke within five years because they weren't taught financial literacy and how to grow and invest that money. Hmm. What are you starting to see in relation to, you know, you, you were talking about um, copywriting. You were hmm. talking about, uh, you mentioned that a couple of times. Um, obviously you were, you were doing video before for your network marketing businesses, but what you found out, I, I, I'm hearing is that it's not just throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? It's not just posting endlessly. Mm -hmm. There is a method to this madness and there is value from going through the education here at legendary. And I'm not saying we're the only game in town, but there is a lot of, uh, proof that how we teach it and what we teach works, how would you encourage people to actually who've bought in these courses and even invested in the blueprints, how would you encourage them or what would you say to them ar around the idea that just buying it is not enough? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I had a comment from somebody yesterday who said, well, $7. All right. I guess I'll give this a try, but I have some other things that are priorities. So and I messaged this person. I said, listen, giving it a try is not really going to work for you. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like if you're going to give it a try, you have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And so when we come in to this training, that's what I did is, all right, I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to learn these skills because obviously it's been successful for Dave and that's why he's built this company. And obviously it's been successful for all these other moms who I've seen who are talking about it, which is what got me started. Um, but it's, it's becoming a, it's allowing yourself to put your ego aside, I think, and saying, okay, I'm just going to learn. I'm going to learn. Like I'm like, I'm a brand new baby learning a skill for the first time. Am I going to be good at it the first time? Heck no. <laughs> I'm probably going to suck a lot. And I, I probably will write an email that someone doesn't like, and they'll let me know and, you know, make some content that someone feels is, you know, whatever. Um, but you learn from those things too. And so I think if you can give yourself the benefit of the doubt that you can learn anything, and you take the time to actually prioritize that and do it. Um, you can't not see success from this. No, even if you didn't decide to continue with affiliate marketing, learning these skills is going to give you success somewhere in your life. Mm. Yeah. And I think that so many of us think that we need to use these skills to promote a specific product or a specific company or a specific niche. Of course, many people are new here coming into legendary They've, they've had a good experience with our education, our course. They see we have an affiliate program. They want to start there. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's important to remember that these are transferable skills. Yeah. And so how did you pick your niche? How did you decide what you were going to market and, and the audience that you were going to target? So since since my network marketing days, my my what I saw happen in network marketing, and you talked about this a little bit with football players, I saw women who made some really significant money in network marketing. They retired their husbands, so they brought them home. And then maybe someone on their team decided to opt out and all of a sudden their income went down or the company 
started to go down and their paychecks went down. Mm. And then they had to scramble because they hadn't taken the time to actually learn how to um, save their money, uh, to actually create wealth. They just knew how to make it. So from that very time, I said, okay, I can learn how to make money, but also I want to make sure I learn how to use my money well so that I'm not constantly on this hamster wheel of like, got to make more money, which is great, you know, but, but also how do I create wealth? So from that very time, I knew that I wanted to focus on that. And it really has kind of been my focus for myself. Mm -hmm. I learned how to invest. I learned how to save my money. I learned how to not spend everything that I had. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to help um, women specifically because I think women think money's for the men. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let the man do it. And I don't need to worry about that. And (laughs) it's not. Come on, talk about it. Right? Like, it's women get, we can talk about money. I want to bring awareness to talking about money. I don't want it to be shameful. I don't want it to feel bad. I want you to feel good talking about money and feel like you have knowledge about it. Um, so that's how I I picked my niche. I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to stay in the wealth niche. And I know that what we have here can help people create success online. And so I would love to help promote this so that people can also have their own success and learn how to create wealth in, in their family. Yeah, I think that if you want to lose weight, become obsessed about losing weight, dieting, Mm -hmm. like, and make that, like, really get obsessed about it in every area of your life. Talk about it. Get get into that business or make it a part of your uh, work life. Um, You know, post about it on social media, even if you're not damn promoting something and trying to make a business out of it. If, If you want change in your life, when I got clean, I mean, I had a, you know, I thought I had a million things going on. Mm-hmm. I look back and I realized I didn't have shit going on. <laughs> but, um, but somebody said, Hey man, you got to change one thing, Dave. That's it. Everything, mm. everything, brother, you got to change everything, you know, pe- per- people, places, and things you gotta, you gotta start talking recovery. You gotta start being obsessed about it. You gotta start f- being grateful. You gotta start, you know, uh, you gotta start taking risk. You gotta start putting yourself out there. All the, all the things that you haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So same thing came when I had gotten clean and then worked construction for a period of time in the hot Florida sun realized <laughs> this isn't for me. Right? <laughs> I mean, watching my dad's uh, body break down and be constantly financially struggling and him saying, I think you're right, son. I think, I think, I think not only from the way I see you working and, and all that, it's not for you, but also I, I would love for you to have more. I would love for you to do something different. I would love for you to make money with your head and not just your hands. And so I had to get obsessed as you're talking about obsessed with learning about money because you know what the world operates on money i i i didn't make the rules mm-hmm. i i i was born into this in a way we all were we were born into this world where it's not a game of bartering we're not pilgrims we're not you know going around saying hey i mean that was great and we read about those times but now it's all about the dollar dollar bill y'all mm-hmm. and 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 so hate it or love it. It's just the rules of the game. It's the rules of humanity, right? It's how we do things on planet earth. And so unless you want to live in poverty, unless you want to live always struggling, not being able to, you know, give yourself and your family the things that, that you deserve, we have to get obsessed about this. We have to learn this game. We have to master this game. And guess what? The entire world is set up in a way, including school and college, and yeah, I said it, to keep us from mastering the game, to keep us in a box to where we don't get too much. We don't get too um, big, right? We don't get too powerful, right? Because then we start threatening other people who have that power. And gosh, as a doctor... How earth shattering was it for you to have put in all that time and effort and energy and I'm sure debt, student loans, to only realize that you never really learned how to to own your life and be in total control? And or did you? Are those skills taught? And what is your what is your 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 
your message, your how do you beat the drum as somebody who has all the damn experience? Nobody has more experience than you do about what I'm talking about. What's coming up for you as I'm saying? Uh, when I when I first learned how the college system and the loan system were besties and kind of filling each other's pockets, um, you know, it was it was a little bit infuriating but also powerful to have that knowledge now because I've got two girls, right? So I can teach them how these things work. Um, in school, I mean, in, in grade school, they don't ever talk about income or, or financial success or how to use your money and create wealth. They don't talk about investing. Mm -hmm. In college, we never talked about that. In fact, I almost failed out my first semester of college because I went to school for something for art history. I didn't know what I wanted to do at 18. My guidance counselor told me, you suck at science, so you can't be a surgeon, which is what I said I wanted to be. He's like, you're going to have to pick something else. My mom's an artist. I didn't know what else to pick. So that's what I picked. Mm. And I got a 2.3 GPA my first semester. I was like, oh crap. Okay. Well, this is not, this is not it. Mm. Um, and so I found myself in a different path and, and kind of back towards the, the medical field again. Um, but when I started that degree, it was a master's degree. And in my junior year, they changed it so that you had to get your doctorate. So, you know, before I was like, all right, I got two more years of grad school. It's no big deal. It's going to be easy. And then all of a sudden it was like four more years of school after I graduate. And I was like, well, that's a lot of money and I'm not making any money. So how does this whole thing work, you know? I moved back home with my mom. I was commuting into Boston for school. Like all these things that you just, nobody tells you about. Nobody sets you up for. Um, and even in graduate school, there was one business class that we had. And it was just talking about different types of businesses in the field that I'm in. But no one ever talked about finances, what you make, how to actually, if you want to start your own business, none of that. So then you're hundred thousand, hundred thirty thousand dollars in debt. You get out of school, you get a job and they're like, yeah, we'll pay you 60 grand. Yeah, that'll be good. You know, and your student loan payment is a mortgage payment and then you have a mortgage payment. It's just the hit, you just slope, right? And I've had so many comments from people when I talk about this that say, well, that was your own fault. You should have known what you were getting into. You took out the loans. I'm like, yeah, you know, I did. And I'm not saying that it's not my fault. But there certainly is no system that helps us understand that. And now that I have that knowledge, I want to make that more apparent for people so that yeah. parents can start to learn it and teach their kids. And we can just create a better system for people of understanding finances. I'd like to I'd like to give you the language and the 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 um the perspective that I was given when people uh, said those same things to me about my addiction and things like that. Mm. Well, you made the choice and you picked it up and you did that. Here's what I learned. I'm not responsible for my fill in the blank, uh, my student loan debt when I didn't know uh, when I was 18 and my brain hadn't fully developed. I'm only responsible now. I'm responsible now for my future that I have the knowledge. Same thing in terms of my recovery. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for my addiction. I did not know. I did not know a different way. I did not have any knowledge. The dope guy or even my parents didn't sit me down because, gosh, we didn't talk about those things. I mean, no, 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 those things were just back in the 90s were, were I mean, we were still sweeping stuff under the rugs and lots of image management and all of that. It wasn't things, things had stigmas, um, even in the eighties and nineties, mm. even into the two thousands. It was really, if you think about it, only the pandemic where a lot of these things, mental health, you know, addiction, um, uh, all this stuff really started. People just started becoming more vocal, stopped caring so much because we had an earth shattering situation to where everybody was just like, okay, nobody's coming to save me. There's yeah. no, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks anymore. I'm just going to do me. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're not responsible for the, 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 the mistakes that we made. We're simply responsible for the actions that we take now that we we do have the knowledge mm -hmm. and you know what our parents were in on it not that they were trying to do us wrong they just didn't know any better 
Right. They, they were part of, they were manipulated and they were given the same, you know, but we grew up and people started asking you when you were a small kid, where are you going to go to college? It was part of a pride thing that the, the our parents wanted us to follow that system path. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Your guidance counselor, somebody who's making $35,000, $28,000 a year and who's been in that job for 20 years is miserable, has a miserable marriage, is a miserable person, is telling us, now not all guidance counselors, but a right. few of them, okay? And especially if they're saying stuff like that, like yeah. you suck at this, you can, I mean, come on. I mean, these are people who are projecting their limiting beliefs on young children mm -hmm. and boom, you turn 18, what happens? You start getting credit card offers in the mail and people think that what we're doing is scammy or predatory. Mm. My friends, predatory marketing and predatory business is being done by the largest corporations, specifically credit card companies, universities, things of this nature. Yeah. As soon as you turn 18 in your brain, what you want to know facts, science, we'll give you some science from a ninth grade dropout. Our brain is not fully developed at 18. A male's brain doesn't fully or even get there, right, Doc, until about 25 years old, right? Yeah. And I think I think girls get there a little bit sooner, right? A couple years. A little bit <laughs> years. But our brains are not even fully – I don't even know where the 18 adult came from. I, I'd have to go and do some research about that so I can speak intelligently. But I can tell you without a fact that our brain – so if you have children that are 16, approaching that 18, we must remember that they are not adults. Mm -hmm. They may be considered legally adults, but they still require protection, guidance, knowledge. And mm -hmm. if you're lucky enough, to still have children that are younger than 18, you have a chance to guide them, right? Mm -hmm. My oldest is 22. He's actually listening in right now, works for the company, right? So I have an opportunity to, to, to give this information and have been talking this smack for about 12 or 13 years now. So he's got it. Right? Yeah. Uh, but my younger children, I also have that opportunity for them to, 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 to counter that those social constructs that messaging that's coming coming from the community. And um, I would assume that you have a mission and a passion to also continue to protect or not continue, but to protect your children. Continue. You know, I'm sure that you've been on this path for a long time, but protect and guide your children as they grow older, right? And part of this entrepreneur journey that you're on is both about making money and your own freedom and happiness. But is it also for you about what I'm talking about, the guiding and protecting your children from these forces that are way, that are really powerful. I mean, school guidance counselors, yep. whole social messaging of this stuff. Is this part of your new priorities or has it gone way up on your list here in terms of protecting your children from yeah. some of the things that you've gone through? And now if they choose that, that's a different story with all eyes wide open. But is, is that on the forefront of your mind as a parent? Yeah, 100%. You know, when, when we had the pandemic and everything hit, um, I, I was at the point where my kids were going to go into public school and I said, no, um, I'm going to homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. And so that was a choice that was really, really important for me, but also at the same time, difficult again, because now it left me being the full homeschool home provider. And then my husband having to go out and work two jobs so that I could do that. Um, and it's worth it. You know, it's always worth it, but yeah, that's a huge thing for me. I saw, I think we all, we all saw a lot of things come out uh, in the education system even more than we knew before in the past couple of years. And it has completely changed my view of what's happening there. And, and I, I do have a very strong desire to be my children's first education, right? Mm. For me to be the one that's inspiring them with the information that I decide I want them to learn. And it includes all of the stuff that you're talking about, 100%. So let's switch gears a little bit as we kind of move towards um, our our um, our landing here. Um, 
what is your favorite platform? Where are you finding the most connection with your audience? Um, and, and why do you believe that is, whether it be your favorite or it's just working the most? Talk to us a little bit about your strategy. Yeah. Um, so I, before I came into Legendary, I had deleted TikTok from my phone because again, scroll whole thing. I was like, I'm wasting so much time here. Um, but I had kept Instagram because I was trying to grow a coaching business on Instagram. So Instagram kind of always has been my go-to and I feel like I'm 39 years old and I feel like there's more people in my age range that can kind of relate to me there. TikTok feels a lot younger maybe. Um, now I feel old for saying that. um, So I had opened up TikTok because somebody sent me a, a video to watch and that's when I ended up seeing this girl talking about this program. And so obviously it's fate and meant to be, you know, but so I do, I do use TikTok. It's not my favorite. I use it to create. And then I go and I post on Instagram and quite honestly, Instagram is where it has been the most fruitful for me. Um, I can have real conversations with people. Something that I started to do from the very beginning is to voice message people back. And I feel like that allows people to number one, see that I'm a human. (laughs) Cause I think people are like, is this a real person? They think AI has become like this thing where I can just be, which which it can be, but I'm not, I'm obviously a human. Um, But just that voice note back to people in messages really helps someone to feel seen and heard, which I think is the number one thing that people just want. Um, So if I can see and hear them and I can be a human that they can have a conversation with. I think that that is monumental, hands down, been um, the biggest part of my success on Instagram so far. Yeah, I can relate to that. When I first got started, I was picking up the phone and calling people back 12 years ago. I, I, um, we didn't have quite the tools, the tool, the tool chest that we have now on these social media platforms. So it was literally like, hey, um, can I have your phone number and call you, <laughs> you know, but I would make that connection. And when somebody had, when so, it was amazing to me, and I can't wait for all of you to experience this, who are sitting there in a little bit of hesitation right now, wondering if your voice matters and if you have the ability to reach and touch and impact people. But they would, you know, I would post my videos online. And then when I would actually call somebody and connect with them on the phone, their reaction was as if, you know, George Clooney or LeBron James was calling them. They were like, Oh my God, (laughs) really Dave Sharp. And I'd be like, yeah, it's really me. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I just took out the garbage, just picked up up my dog shit in the yard. You know I mean? Just, just, you know, uh, they, they had this, they had me up on a pedestal, right? They had me as, as this, so I had this celebrity effect even in the very beginning. And of course, now to this day, when I go to events or I meet people in person and, and they're like, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're in that sort of starstruck mode. And I'm just always surprised because I'm not that impressed with my, <laughs> you, you know, it's hard to really believe that people are, really that excited to hear from you or, or, or be actually connecting with you. So when you send that voice message, as you're saying, or you make that personal connection and direct your attention entirely on them in some way, shape or form, it's really powerful. It's Mm -hmm. really like sending like a, like a, like, it's almost like you have superpowers, right? Have you been surprised by the difference in the in the reaction that you've got from these total cold strangers turned warm versus your friends and family that you had been marketing and talking to for years and had lackluster reactions from? Yeah, no, totally. It's, you know, people think like, oh, your friends and family will be the first ones to buy in. No, they're the last ones to buy in because they're just going to watch you and watch you and watch you and they're going to judge you. And it's just going to be like, they're going to be the last person to ever buy in if they even ever do. Mm-hmm. And I think I realized that in my network marketing journey. And it's it has actually been easier to talk to strangers, to talk to people that I don't know, than it has been to talk to family and friends. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And um, the, what I used to hate was the kind of pity where I would ask for their pity in mm. a way. It was like, yeah. please, please come in. And, and I just, I see my friends doing this all the time and it's, it hurts my heart and soul because they're like, you know, they're, they're, 
deciding the quality of their friends or they're constantly in this limbo mm. of this person isn't really the friend that I thought they were because they're not supporting my business. Mm. And it's like, what I learned is I don't even talk about business with my friends because yeah. it's not the definition of a friend to me is if they're supporting my business or not. Now, now if somebody is, look, you can certainly when somebody shows you who they are, you can certainly believe them and you can base how much time you want to spend or how much you want to give back based on how much they're willing to give to the relationship. Right. But that constant, like never ending up, down, in, out with friendship. And then based on how they're supporting my business is a, a hamster wheel and it's a miserable place to be. And also it's, it feels so like it just feels so bad mm. having to ask for people, friends and families, like support for your business when you know that they don't want it or need it, right? They they yeah. don't want it or need it. But you you, it's just it's a dynamic that for any of you, if you're if you're experiencing that right now, there is freedom from that. There yeah. is complete and total freedom from that, and you can still salvage and enjoy your friendships. You can salvage and enjoy your marriage. I mean, one of the big things that I also realized was my partner didn't have to be this big, great entrepreneur and be under, even understand what I was doing. They, they I, I could, I didn't, they didn't have to fulfill all my needs. They didn't have to be my everything. I could go and fulfill my work or my connection or my my having things in common with a totally different group of people and have that need fulfilled. And it would actually relieve stress off of my partner or my friends. So I could actually enjoy those friendships more. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's freeing. It is. Yeah. It is. What advice would you give yourself when you started uh, knowing what you know now, started this journey here at Legendary and, mm -hmm. and uh, down this path? What would you say to Gwen the beginning of this year? I would say, number one, trust your gut. If it feels good to go for it. And number two, just put your head down and do the work knowing that you can trust yourself. You're, you're the only person that you can count on. So show up for yourself how you would want someone else to show up for you. And I think you can't not have success in doing those two things. Oh, powerful. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful conversation this morning. Very inspiring, vulnerable. Thank you for sharing honestly and courageously mm. and come back and keep me posted on your journey, Gwen, and I'll, I'll uh, be looking forward to it. Okay. I will. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you soon. Stay legendary. Bye. Bye. All right, my friends, go and follow Gwen at Financially Free with Gwen. Financially Free with Gwen, that's G-W-E-N, spelled exactly how it sounds. Thank you all for your wonderful feedback and engagement in the comments. Uh, I don't always comment on the comments, but I see them and I appreciate them and they energize me and they inspire me. And I'm so thankful that what we're saying here and doing this work is inspiring you all and you're getting value from it. Uh, we want to meet you where you're at. We want to meet you here on this free show that we do every day. If that's as much as you can do or commit to right now, we want to meet you uh, inside of the challenge and give you 15 days of value. And I know some of you are, um, you know, we've got a lot of people going through the challenge right now. And so the one thing that I can tell those of you who are going through the challenge is it's worth the wait. So just stay plugged in, stay connected, go back and watch the over 700 episodes and interviews that I've done with wonderful students and clients, just like Gwen this morning, um, where you'll get a different perspective from a lot of people. And of course, we want to continue if you're ready and you're wanting more accountability, more coaching, um, more nuggets, more knowledge, more of a blueprint to actually take this and get serious with it and take it to the next level. We, of course, want to coach you and connect with you and work with you inside of the blueprints. And many of you have done that. And um, uh, we just love to see your success and love to see uh, our work taking hold in your lives. But you're doing the work. You have to apply it, as we said today with Gwen, that it's a, you know, 
there's it, it's not just buying something and then magically the skies part stone tablets come down and says here's the the pot at the end of the rainbow x marks the spot it's not that you know it's it's doing the work it's going through the suffering it's 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 realizing that uh you can turn your mess into a message you can turn all these struggles that you felt and you're feeling right now as you're starting something new into your strengths and anyone has the ability and the power to change their life at any time. You just got to want to do it and then you got to do it, right? And there's no speed. Everybody goes at their own pace. So give yourself a break and realize that you're doing something big right now and uh, celebrate yourself and don't quit before the miracle happens. We'll see you back tomorrow for another episode. Stay legendary, my friends. Get on out of here.